0: pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Heather, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian.
1: Blake, thanks for having me. I'm so delighted to be here.
0: I'm so excited. We literally just discovered that I have stalked your Instagram multiple times. (laughs) So I'm like extra excited to chat uh about you and what you do and what you offer to women the women of the world. So you are the founder and CEO of Choice Media and Communications. That sounds very like cool and official. <laughs> <laughs> it is legit. It's Blake. so legit. It's so <laughs> legit. Tell us about it. What do you get to do every day?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I never as a young girl envisioned myself as an entrepreneur, but have found myself in that position. I always felt like I was a leader and that I would be leading people, but I always thought I would do it for somebody else. And Mm -hmm. here I am living out what God had planned for me, which is always better than what I have planned for myself. Amen. So Choice is an entertainment and lifestyle communications agency, and people really come to us for one of three reasons. They're looking for clarity. They have 10 oars in the water. They don't know which oar to paddle first. They don't know how to tell their story in a clear, concise, compelling way, right? Mm -hmm. The second reason they come to us is for exposure. And for us, that traditionally means media relations they want to be on the Today Show. They want to be in the New York Times. They want to be on ESPN and they want to leverage our like deep and longstanding media relationships with gatekeepers, with influencers. And then the third reason people come to us is for an audience. You know, maybe they're known over here to this one group, but gosh, if these people over here knew who they were, it would be a game changer for their business. Or, you know, they've, grown their platform to a certain level and they're trying to grow it exponentially and they're trying to find those people, you know, in the middle to attract. And so we serve a lot of people in that entertainment and lifestyle space. And we do, you know, media relations, PR, we do podcasting, we do events, we do branding and strategy, and we do digital media. So all of those services are the ways that we ultimately make our clients known.
0: That's amazing. That's so fun.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really proud to also lead an all female team. Oh yes. I am not ashamed of that. I am really proud of that. I intentionally want to seek and lead women, and yeah. and doing that, you know, through work is a gift.
0: Yeah. I mean, I look. I love. I have two dudes on my team, and I love them, uh-huh. and they're the best. But my girls. Oh yeah, there's just something about it, right? That's right. Like that's that's girl power. (laughs) Okay, so we did not discuss this before, but I had this thought as you were talking that a lot of what you do is helping people be known and be seen. Yeah. Do you have people who come to you for your services who have a hang up with that? Who like know that that's what they need, but they're like, "But like, I'm a Christian. Like, it shouldn't be about me." Oh, a hundred percent. People
1: have a hard time selling themselves. Mm -hmm. It feels. Ugly. It feels self-serving. It right. feels selfish. It feels, you know, dirty or whatever. And so, for whatever reason, sometimes it's shame and mm-hmm. guilt. yeah, like they have this narrative in their head, like, I'm not good enough to be out in front of the camera. I'm not good enough to be behind the microphone. I'm not good enough to sell my services or product right. or message. But sometimes it's a narrative that is different than I'm not good enough. It's that that feels dirty. That feels smarmy. I'm not a salesperson. Can somebody else do this on my behalf?
0: Yeah. Or I am look marketing and all of that is like one of my biggest hangups. Maybe we should talk after this, but (laughs) like, I'm just, I constantly am getting all my stories like, Hey guys, this is happening. And I forgot to tell you about it because even I, as someone who is like, in front of the mic, in front of the camera, right. wrote the book, it's got my name on it. We'll still t- sometimes the narrative that I think that has been given mostly to women, I'm going to say it, mostly to women mm-hmm. is like that's not what Jesus would have done.
1: Oh yeah, and we need to make ourselves smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, I am a huge proponent in changing that narrative in women's heads, but also it is my greatest privilege to be a megaphone for women and to be their champion. And I was just sharing with you before we started recording, we had our, our big leadership summit last week. It's called the choice summit and it's for female entrepreneurs and leaders in business. And our theme is always allies, not competitors. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, Blake, I learned this the hard way. Yeah, Because when I was early in my career, in my early twenties, all the way till I was probably mid thirties or early thirties, I was taking women down to advance myself yes. professionally. And here's why I believe I did that. Number one, I think as women, we are conditioned by society to think that there's only one seat at the table for a woman. Yep. And so, therefore, I got to fight tooth and nail to get to that seat. Yep. But two, you know, we get labeled as really ugly things mm-hmm. if we show any kind of assertiveness or leadership or talent or opinion or whatever. And so, you know, even from a young age, being told you're bossy instead of somebody saying, gosh, she's got great influence over that group. Right. 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 So, Those are things where I feel like in early in my career, I was doing that to try and advance because I I was so driven and wanted to accomplish goals professionally. And I look back now and realize, oh my gosh, if I'd have linked arms instead, Mm. we could have fought for two seats at the table instead of one, or we could have fought for every seat at the table to be able to be occupied by a woman instead of one seat at the table. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the good news for your listeners and for, for women in general is what was once your downfall can become your hallmark. Yes. It doesn't have to be your long-term story just because we can learn and do better. Yeah.
0: Well, and I love that you're willing to even admit that like,
1: oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not proud of it by any means,
0: but. but you saying that and being willing to say like, this is the cycle that I was in. Yeah. Can be a wake up call for women that are in that cycle and be like, Oh crap. Like that's what I'm doing. Right. My
1: hope is that by leading women the way that I do, which is not the way I originally behaved, but by learning and doing better now is that the women coming behind me have a different example for them.
0: Yeah. So I love the word picture of like the table. I talk about that yes. a lot. Like I seat at the table. Yes. And what you have essentially, what you have done And this because I get so hyped about this. Like you built your own freaking table. That's right. And I built it the way that I
1: needed it to be built. Right. And you just
0: keep pulling up chairs. Like
1: a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's not, the table can just continue to get longer. Right. Exactly. So, you know, my hope is that for women in their twenties and thirties that are coming behind me is that this is a new norm rather than an
0: exception. Yes. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about like that mindset shift that had to happen for you where, cause I've, I've been there too. I mean, in like entrenched in hustle culture, you know, so much of it comes down to what are you actually chasing? Are you chasing, making your own name great? Because if that's your motive, then yeah, you're going to step on people. You're going to use people. They're just going to be leverage. And when they don't serve you anymore, you're going to dispose of them. And I've right. absolutely like walked that path and lived that life. And for me, the shift had to be like, who's getting the glory? Like who, Yeah. who am I out here for? Am I out here to make my name great? Or am I out here to make the name of the Lord great? And he's going to use me to do that. One of my favorite things I've ever heard. I think it was Darius Daniels said, God has no problem elevating the voices of those who intend to elevate him. Mm, God, that's so good. And that good! Oh my God, that's so good! I love that. You know, Christians get super weird about like fame and being elevated and numbers and stuff like that. And like the people who do this well, who walk this path well, are okay with their voice being elevated because they know it's just like I love using the term megaphone. Like it just makes them a bigger megaphone for the kingdom. That's right.
1: And I will tell you, like, what lights a fire in my belly and what has kind of become my personal hallmark in my career is taking a Christian message mainstream. Yes. So my prayer every morning for choice and for this gift that God has bestowed on me, like this, you know, this opportunity to serve is that people would hear capital T truth because of the work that we do and they would hear it in places that they would not normally be exposed to it. So for example, if I have a client on the today show, there are people that will turn on and watch the today show that may not be people of faith. It may not be Christians that may never darken the door of a church, but they hear truth because somebody we represent is on that show and they're willing to listen to it because it feels like a safe environment for them. Yeah to be, they may never listen to a Christian TV show or
0: podcast, you
1: know, podcast or read a Christian publication or book or, or walk into a church, but they feel safe watching the today show. And then they hear God's words coming directly for them through that medium. That to me is why God put me on this earth.
0: I love that. Well, okay. That reminds me of the verse that a lot of people get hung up on, which is like in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. Right. We get really comfy with that. Not of it. Yeah. But we're in it. And some of us aren't in it. Like some of us are treating the church like a museum instead of a hospital and like are very comfy in our little Christian bubble. And that is doing nothing for the kingdom. Well, and we have to remember that the church
1: are the people. Exactly. We have to forget the building. Yes. If they forget all of the tradition and Structure and all of that, and remember, we're human beings. Yeah, that's who make make the church yes, absolutely, you know? and that's why
0: it's flawed, <laughs> right? And exactly. But I think it for okay, so for example, like I'm about to be on the like marketing. Yeah, when your book comes out, are you book, so pumped? I am. I'm. Very, oh my like, gosh! This fall, this fair. October. Yeah. Oh, look at it! It's my book. You can't see because this is audio, but that's I'm so up my fun. Blake. But I'm. Having conversations with my marketing where I'm like, okay, I love you and I trust you, but these are all Christian podcasts. Yeah. Like, well, girl, we know some people. I don't know. I really am not joking. We're going to have to talk <laughs> after this. But, like, yes, there is truth in this book and in so many messages that even those who are in Christ need 100%. Like, they're still living in bondage of shame and lies, even though they're in Christ. Yeah. And I love reaching those people. But like I titled my book and my podcast Confessions of a Crappy Christian for a very specific reason, which was my hope was that the people on the fringes, the people who have Mm -hmm. left the church, the people who have been burned by the church or grew up in religion, but now don't have anything to do with it are like, hmm, crappy Christian. What does that mean? Why is a Christian calling themselves crappy? They usually are pretty holier than thou and think that they have it all together and like, so like there's so much in this that is for them.
1: Well, and there's freedom to be had for those people if oh they're gosh. exposed to it. Right? right. So it's getting in front of those people. That's what has to happen.
0: Right. And you're doing that. I love that. You're not shying away from one, like getting people in front of quote unquote, like secular outlets. Yes. Like, that's what Jesus did. <laughs> that's exactly well, yeah. what Let's Jesus did. Let's think about did. where he walked and who exactly. he went with and all things. But I also really love and kind of want to talk about that you're not sorry that you're good at what you do. Okay.
1: So this is funny. Last week when I was speaking at our summit, I was interviewing Megan Tampty, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of a fashion brand called EverEve. Yeah. It's a national brand. Yeah. And we were talking about motherhood and working after you've had a, a baby. Uh-huh. And I was sharing with, with her and with the audience that I was the first woman in my family to go back to work after I had my, my first son. Mm-hmm. And I was excited about going back to work because I love work yeah. and I'm good at it. And I said that I said, I love working and I'm good at it. And the entire audience in the place went into like an uproar Yeah, because women were having a visceral reaction. It's like they needed the permission that that was okay to say. And I think sometimes, particularly as women and women, Christian women, we're afraid that that's boastful or we're afraid that. That means that we don't want to be in the home with our husband and children. Right. That's not at all what I'm saying. Those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. I can be a great mom and a, a devoted wife, and also I can kick butt and take names at work and be proud of the work that I'm doing.
0: I'm super excited to announce that this August, we are firing back up our monthly membership called The Collective. The Collective is a community membership empowering you to navigate real life from a biblical perspective. I love this community and the up-close access it gives us to one another. We cover a quarterly topic with monthly calls, and we all grow and learn together, and it's just really awesome. You can learn more and get on the wait list at crappychristianco.com collective. So if you're like me and you struggle with any combination of stress and anxiety or being on your phone too much, maybe even, I want to tell you about the Abide app. I love this app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app in the App Store, and I've legit been using it for years now to help me fall asleep to ease me into the day in the morning. I've even used it like mid panic attack. (laughs) So it's based on scripture and it's audio meditations that center you and help draw you closer to Christ. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off of a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Blake. So you can get started today with 25% off of a premium subscription by downloading the app at abide.co slash Blake. There, you'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. And in the meantime, you'll be supporting the show and get 25% off when you go to abide.co slash Blake. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Blake to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Okay, let's get back to the show. we've gotten humility messed up. I think that's right. Humility isn't sitting down and acting like you're not good at anything. Humility is walking in the fullness that you know, that God gave you these gifts. And so you're going to use him, use them to glorify him further the kingdom and bless other people. Like I'm really good at podcasting. I freaking love my job. There's a reason that it's one of the top Christian podcasts in the country because I love it. And God gifted me to do this. Well, and you not sharing that
1: gift, Blake, would be you keeping the talents that God has given you from the world. Exactly. A hundred percent.
0: But that line, like that sentence I just said, just made some listeners very uncomfortable.
1: Oh, you saying like,
0: I'm, I have the top Christian podcast? It's one of the top Christian podcasts in the nation. And I freaking love my job. Like that makes women specifically uncomfortable. That's right. because I, and, and I harp on this a lot. So people are like, okay, like we know, but do you like, do you know, do you hear me saying? Well, until that makes
1: no one uncomfortable. True. I mean, that's got to continue to be the mantra that you're Mm -hmm. sharing is because otherwise the norm is not going to change. Otherwise the narrative is not going to, is not going to pivot in somebody's head, you know?
0: So you, you touched a little bit on motherhood, which I think is always kind of an important thing to talk about in these conversations where I love that you were like, I am a great mom and a great wife and I kick butt at work. Yeah. Like people think that that's a myth that you're either (laughs) like, you are either killing it at home or you're killing it at work. Do you know who Christy Wright is? Oh yeah. Uh, She She, was at our event last week. Was she? Yes. I I know Christy. I'm one of those people like. Just to be honest, there are very few people that I like look up to just because I'm, I'm I'm cynical. Like I'll admit mm-hmm. that. I adore Christy right. I cried when she wrote endorsement for my book. Oh, that's so kind. I love her message of like taking back your time and that like balance isn't a myth. No, that like you have everything you need for life and godliness. and that means that, like God goes with you as you balance these two very important parts of your life. What enables you to say that? But like, I'm a great mom and I'm really great in the workforce.
1: Well, a lot of time, I mean, I have teenage boys. So this is not, I'm 15 years in at this point. Yeah. My oldest is 15 and my youngest is about to be 13. And so I didn't feel that way day one. Right. I didn't feel that way year five. Like it took me some time to get to this place. And also the self-talk. I'm an Enneagram one. And so the self-talk for me is like my loudest. Yep. Your inner critic is very loud. I'm married to a one. Yeah. So the, the shame and the guilt for me is real. So what it took was understanding how I can be successful in both realms and what makes me the best Heather to come to the table as a CEO, what makes, makes me the best Heather to come to the table as a mom or a wife or a mentor or yeah. a girlfriend or, you know, whatever it is. And for me, that is being invested and present when I'm in that role specifically. So for example, last night, my oldest son had a baseball game. I was at his baseball game. We had a double header. I was fully present with him. Yes, I was not on my phone. I was not taking work calls. I was not, you know, I have to draw my boundaries so that when I'm there, I'm fully invested in my boys, right? Last week when we had our Choice Summit, there were things that were sacrificed at home because I needed to be fully present for my team and for all these women that had flown in from all over the country to be at our event. And for our speakers and all of the things, right? But just because I'm present in one place does not mean that the other place is falling apart. Right. And I'm never to return, right? Right. So I think for me, it was really understanding what makes me the best version of Heather, what are my non negotiables? And how am I going to be successful in those individual realms? I know that I can't do it all
0: simultaneously, right? No, I don't think that's the goal either. No, I don't want to like, that sounds awful. But I think the missing part is what you said about that last week you were fully present there. Yes. Like people will preach the whole, like being fully present at home. But what if what allowed you to be fully present when you're at your kid's baseball game, is that you were fully present at the office. And so then the office would stay at the office.
1: Well, and it's managing and modeling the expectation. It's really clear and good communication with your partners. So like, for example, last week, when I was really invested at work, my boys and my husband knew well in advance of last week, what my commitments were, what I couldn't attend, when I was going to be at home and when I wasn't, what that looked like. And I'm raising men to be allies for women too. And so having a mom at home that's a CEO that's successful at work, I'm hoping is going to allow them to learn how to be champions for women Mm. as they get older
0: too. I love that because you're like, I mean, I don't know anything about, you know, like your history, but like that's the generational truth that you're handing down is like your boys are going to, like if they meet women who are go-getters, they're not gonna be like, oh, I want you barefoot and pregnant <laughs> in my kitchen. You know what <laughs> I mean? Oh my gosh, I would die if they had that thought. Like, and if that's what they, what they, the person they fall in love with wants, like more power to them. And I think that that's a po- important part of this conversation is like this, not everybody's wired. Not everybody's wired to be a CEO. Like they're just not. But those of us who are, Why don't you support me and be an ally in that rather than tear me down or tell me the ways that I'm not doing it right. I mean, we need to
1: honor the gifting that God has given us. A lot of women have no desire to, to work outside of the home and to be a CEO. And I love that. And there shouldn't be guilt and shame on their end because they want to stay home. Right. Right. It's that permission that we should be extending to other women. I think so much of it is self-imposed. I know that on my behalf, it's self-imposed. No one's ever come to me and said, I can't believe you went back to work after you had your boys. Right. But I kept saying that in my head to myself. And so, so much of it is self-imposed, but I do think we have to bust through that.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Like, I do think that there are like, especially everybody thinks that their opinion matters on the internet. Right. And so, I do think that there are situations where women will actually outright hear that message of like, how could you, I could never blah, 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 blah. but it is self-talk a lot of the time. Cause I'm sitting here like thinking like, I don't know that anybody's ever actually like outright given me a hard time about it, but I can struggle sometimes with those, you know, like a season, like right now, this week I batch. So I have, I don't even know. I don't even know how many podcast interviews interviews. I have this week. And I love, like, this is where I thrive and I love it, but I'm less available Sure, and I'm kind of exhausted at the end of the day.
1: Well, in your throat at the end of the day, like you have to care for yourself well and all of those things. Right. But, but you're living out what God called you to do and you're being obedient in that way. And there's honor in that.
0: Right. And then the weeks that aren't like this, if I, if I quote unquote, like kill it the weeks that are like this, then I don't have to record again for another two months. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's so smart. Yeah. So that allows me to be like less tired and more available and all that kind of stuff. And so I just think I tend to be of the, the mindset of like, just let's just leave each other alone. Like we're doing our best. Okay.
1: I don't have the time to go on social media and hate on other people. First of all, I don't have the inclination but I don't have the time. I can barely get dinner on the table for my family. So these people that that is the, where they, the veil they hide behind and what, how they choose to spend their time. I just don't get it.
0: I don't get it either. I am very popular on Reddit. Mm. <laughs> people love to hate me. I have a lot of people who hate follow me. They probably hate listen to this podcast. It makes me sad. It makes me so that I, some, like, I don't look at Reddit, but people that follow me do, and they'll send me stuff. Well,
1: Spiritual warfare is real sister. So I mean, if you're doing work that honors God, you know, you're going to be under attack.
0: I posted something about Holy week and yeah. how much, like I love this week because it's the week that Satan lost. Like he thought he was winning right. and right. he lost and they like shared it in Reddit, and we're like making fun of it. And I was like, this is a you problem. Like I'm going to pray for you because you're missing it. Like you're missing it. And I hope that by hate following me, maybe Jesus will get into your heart.
1: And let me encourage you as a publicist for, you know, 30 years, just quit reading it.
0: I don't people send it to me. I need to like make an announcement that's like, "Hi, I love you. Please stop sending me stuff from Reddit." Please quit telling me. I do, I want to be ignorant about it. Like I do. And I, I like, I gotten to a place where I don't even read my podcast reviews. My team checks them and sends me the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, what it prote- be. insulate me, like protect me from because it, it like, and that's such a good point because that stuff gets really distracting. I literally was just talking to a girl the other day who is it's wrecking her. Like the hate that she's getting online is wrecking her. It's making her not want to show up. And that's all that that does. The enemy loves that. He loves that he can get in our heads and disable us with. I heard a quote the other day. It was like, I'm done letting people who don't like themselves. Tell me what they don't like about me. Mm, That's good too. I'm not doing that. Like I'm not, I know. I like, I like store all these little quotes (laughs) in in my head, but yeah, I think that that's really important in real life and online. Like if you have a mother-in-law that has to constantly make little comments, about what you're doing. I always say like, if you wouldn't go to them for advice, don't go to them for criticism. That's good. If I don't want my mother-in-law's advice, not my mother-in-law, but like if you don't want your mother-in-law's advice about how to run your blog, then maybe don't take her criticism about it either. Right. That's a good word. Heather, thank you so much for such a great, like uplifting conversation. Can you tell people where they can connect with you online? Oh my gosh. Of course.
1: Thanks for asking that. So Instagram, of course, is my favorite place. I personally am at Heather Dixon, D-I-X-O-N Adams. Okay. And my business is Choice Media Communications. So we're that handle, all the places, choicemediacommunications.com, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it's at Choice Media Communications. And we've got a blog. We have podcast ourselves called Make Me Known with Heather Adams. We've got an annual event that we just had, the Choice Summit. All the things. We'd love to connect with you. But Instagram's my favorite. Yeah. so follow. Let's follow each other there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Such a delight to be with you. And thank you so much for your leadership in this space. <laughs>
0: thank you. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening that'd be awesome all right see you next week